Bienvenidos a City of Palms Podcast. Ahora tenemos Rocks Varios de Rocks Revolt and the Velvets. ¿Qué pasa? Nothing much. Your Spanish is really good. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he tells everybody that I'm fluent, but I ain't fluent. I can, say, fluent. I can say a thing or two. No, no, it worked. I, I use Spanish a lot at work because uh, there's a, like a lot of our demographic is Spanish speakers. Okay. And I just get so nervous, though, because I'm not like fluent enough to where I can just totally have a com- it, full, it full conversation. Matter. People will understand you otherwise. Yeah. And, and the way my professor always put it was like, if you if they see you're trying to speak, they're going to try like, you know, try they're going to help you out. Mm-hmm, gonna under- and I even like I usually like preface that I usually say they'll say like, oh, habla espanol. And I'll say solamente un poquito. Okay. And I'll say you know quiero ayudar and i'll try to like have my like little translator so if they're saying a word i don't pick up i'll like translate it real quick but it's super handy does that does that uh does being bilingual help you at all in what you do like i I wondered with like music writing and Uh, stuff music writing is easier uh whenever you're bilingual just because sometimes it depends on how the the song comes um some songs they just come with just music and then you have to write down the lyrics to a certain cadence Mm -hmm. so some words don't fit and sometimes there are things you want to say that you cannot say in english and you have to say in spanish because it sounds like what you really mean so yeah just just can't put it over there nobody can tell you anything because you speak spanish too i mean it's fair yeah do you have you don't have any songs the uh, uh released anyways from the ep you guys just released none of that has any spanish lyrics right? uh some of them say the dinamita instead of dynamite and stuff like oh that. Yeah. dope okay. just I, words here and there we always yeah. say with the some of the hip-hop guys we have I, I always point out how much i love like when uh like mcs can incorporate spanish and english like in their rap and stuff mm-hmm. like that and it's like that with all music really like i, I just really enjoy um, it even like um I, I don't know if you heard about the clash Mm-mm. really like classic rock band and they have a bunch of songs that say spanish stuff but people don't understand what they're saying and they sing whatever and if you go and read the lyrics there's a lot of spanish on their songs yeah the whole band is singing to it and they're not even bilinguals it just it just goes well with the song you know mm-hmm. so man i got so many questions because i like okay. i feel like i know you in a lot of ways but like as far as like your journey to where you're at now i, I don't really know anything okay. so you you were born in venezuela right yeah okay so i've been here five years in Southwest Florida? In United States in general. Really? Yes. Okay, so so where, what was grade school like for you in Venezuela? Uh, it was uh, different. It was different. I was like a, I wasn't like a nerdy kid or anything, but I was, I was very shy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that, that many friends in, when I was studying over there. But it was cool. I graduated. I was a really good student. And uh, by the end... I started to meet new people and getting out of my shell a little bit, and that's it. Did you go to college over there? Yeah, I'm a graphic designer. I graduated. What? Yeah. Do you do any of that nowadays? Like, do you do any work I with graphics? I do it for the band. I do it for the band, and like, uh, I do like some freelancing jobs here and there, but I don't do it much. So, are you the one that designs all the logos and stickers yes. and stuff like that? Yes. Yes. Dope. Hell yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because I wonder, because you guys have really high quality like merch and like the stickers are really cool, like pop design and yeah, stuff like, like that. I tried to make it like the most appealing I could, and actually represent the style of the band. Yeah. And what we actually liked for our band. So it took me like to do the logo like two weeks because I couldn't decide. I have so many ideas and then I just like throw a bunch in there and like, okay, I'm going to pick that one up. I made like 15. <laughs> Man. And that's one thing that a lot of people notice with your band. It's like each of you have your own distinct look and like 
personality and stuff like that as members of the band but then you each like it's usually tied together with something like design or like or fashion or something like there was the the one party that i was invited to you all were wearing like matching uh yeah yeah and it was so cool and i was just thinking i was like yo if they had merch like that because that's like an image you know told us that and then we were thinking about doing it because all the lightning bolts i made it with the cricket you know Mm mm-hmm so I start cutting them and I put it on the on the shirts and everything that we have in the jacket that I'm wearing I made, etc. 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 So we played and then people was like, Why don't you sell this? Why don't you sell this? And we were thinking about it but we haven't decided it yet. But I think I'm gonna do it. Probably could work. Yeah. So as someone as as you like you were growing up, you said you were more shy and like introverted and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like music and art is a big way for people like that to express themselves and when they don't have big friend groups and stuff like that was yeah. that so did music was that a part of your life way back then too yeah my the music actually has been a part of my life since i have like a memory um, since i was five i was studying piano oh wow so i start i started studying classic piano when i was five years old and uh, i studied piano till i was 15 so on the meantime i was singing and writing songs and learning how to play other instruments uh, drums, guitars, flute, and everything. So I went to the music conservatory in Venezuela too. So music has been like ninety percent of my life, and the rest is just the rest. Man, and it's so crazy thinking about, like, thinking about um, what a big performer you are, and like what a big presence you have on stage. Coming like that, that must have taken time to like build up that confidence to to be like that energy. No. Really? Yeah, I don't like I don't put a lot of thought in what I'm gonna do on stage. So first time I perform, I was thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. Like I made like I have a like a band and we rehearse in my garage and stuff. And um, long story short, when I went on stage, it's a it's a completely different thing. I'm like a completely, I'm really myself and I'm not shy or whatsoever. And then I come down and I'm myself again. Man, so that was an instant transformation. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't really put that much thought into it. I just do whatever I feel like I'm gonna do. Wow. Yeah. So was that band at thirteen? Was that like your first big musical endeavor as far as like creating something? Yeah, I started creating by myself when I was eleven, and then I joined that band, and we were doing mostly covers and stuff. That's what we were doing. But I mean, we were a bunch of kids. We were yeah. playing like Guns N' Roses and Metallica and Molly Crew. And we also were playing uh, some Mexican rock band named Panda, which is like very popular in my country and Latin America in general. But it's like emo mm-hmm. punk or something like yeah. that. So man, so I need to find those videos, whatever they are. <laughs> yeah. So where did it evolve from there? Like uh, as you went through school and like into college and stuff, were you consistently making music too, or did I have any breaks? No, I was always making music because I always wanted to be a singer. So what happened with that band, I just left the band. I threw a microphone to the drummer. It was so annoying. I was sorry. <laughs> and then uh, I left the band, and after that band, I was trying to make a band, but it's hard, you know? Like, whenever people is 15, 16 years old, nobody want to make a band. They just want to have fun. And I have all this music uh, that I've written by myself, so I decided to go to a studio by myself and record with a guitar, record a song that I made. And then that was my first actual studio experience when I was 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then um, that song probably there in my computer somewhere. And then when I was 17, I think, I auditioned for a Guns N' Roses tribute band while I was still looking for a band. 
for musicians to make original music. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, they say yes, and I started doing the tribute band with Guns N' Roses, so a lot of people started knowing me from playing somewhere in Venezuela, some, some parts, some places, sorry. And then um, at the college, the song that I recorded when I was 15, my cousin leaked it. Like, he just sent it to a bunch of people at college, and everybody's like, hey, you're a great singer, why don't you play with me? And it's like, how do you know? Oh, because I heard this, and everybody had the fucking song on the on the telephone. What? Yeah, and then that's how I find my band over there, with a leaked song by my cousin. Dang. Okay. Yeah. I was so, so embarrassed at the beginning, but it, it turned out good. And then that band over there, we we worked together for like three years. We released music videos. We recorded original music. We were doing pretty good. Wow. So was that um. What kind of style of music was that? Was it some cover stuff and mostly your original music the that you were writing? The original band? It was mm -hmm. uh, original music. We just made two or three covers in the set. Sometimes oh. we switch it up, like the band I have over here. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. So was there a time... Was, did you watch performances a lot back then? Like as a kid, were you like going to performances and watching like shows of other bands and stuff like that? Uh, yeah. Like... Are you talking about, like, people I really like? Like, the music scene. Like, whether it's, like, a famous band you go and buy tickets for or just, like, local people. Were in, you out in, and about? In Venezuela, there wasn't a big music scene. There, There's, like, five very popular rock bands. That's all there is. And they are not my style of rock, per mm -hmm. se. But um, I saw them and I grew up watching a few videos here and there. But I was really into English music, mostly. Mm -hmm. Like, I like... Uh, the Doors, Rolling Stones, Beatles, uh, Hole was like my biggest influence. Corny Love, so that was basically what I was watching all the time. The Steelers, I don't know if you know the Steelers. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard. Yeah, I think I've heard so them. yeah, I didn't watch that many Venezuelan rock. I didn't, I didn't like it much. Okay, yeah. man. So, uh, you said for for three years that band lasted. So from fifteen to eighteen, your age? No, eighteen to. Till I move here. 19 till I move here. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so was was moving here a result of that band kind of like not working out? Or was it, it didn't work out because you moved here? No, it. we actually, like the situation in my country is very, very bad. So oh. uh, the government was making everything hard for everybody. And we couldn't even go outside and play without being scared of us being robbed and take our instruments. Or wow. You cannot go in a club over there and not wondering if somebody's going to come in and like, jump you and rob you or whatever wow. so i kind of was thinking about what i wanted to do and there wasn't a possible good outcome over there for me like i wanted to have a career in music and over there there's not there's no money there's not enough money for arts or for music or for anything you have to find your own way outside whatever in the world you want to go okay so, so all the musicians are everywhere now so were you excited to come here like in, in as far as like the music aspect went yeah i was excited like i always had like huge dreams since i was a kid so coming here i think it was gonna place me closer to you know, all these people i saw on tv you know yeah all my yeah. idols and stuff you know you have all these fantasies but you try to make it work and then you go to reality and it's hard but still doable i'm still excited about being here because the opportunities are huge yeah you know? yeah so was florida your first that that's where you came to first yeah, was Florida. Yeah, I had a cousin in here and he helped me out moving and everything. So. Nice. So what was your what was your first reaction to seeing the scene around here compared to it sounds like there wasn't much of a scene down there yeah. like so this area how what was your initial reaction? 
I started going, like, when I started seeing what was happening in here, it was me going to open microphones and finding out there was a lot of people that was trying to find musicians to play with, blah, 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 blah. So I started actually seeing bands when I started playing. I haven't seen any band before that. Oh. So I, I just saw, I just went to open microphones and start meeting people. And then through that, I met somebody, I don't remember. And then I ended up doing a um, talent show. And at the talent show, I saw Angela, I saw Frankie, and I was like blown away by all the talent that was around here. Especially like you see girls doing that, it's like a completely different thing. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Man. So, and then uh, I think I read Dan was the first person that you met as far as forming your current band. Dan was the first link yeah. you made in yeah. this. Dan was the first bassist I uh, ever played here. No, the second one. But he was like the first real bassist I've, I've ever played here. Like forming a band was with him. Okay. So at open mics, were you just doing um, your own singer-songwriter stuff, your yeah, own original music? Yeah. And then how'd you meet him? Uh, was he performing or was he just at an open mic and heard you? I don't know if you know Joe Fernandez. Mm-mm. Well, I was doing open microphones, and then I was going to this place called Live Art where you jam with other musicians. Over there in Live Art, um, I met Joe Fernandez, and I met um, a guy that has a studio. Mm-hmm. That's another story. But uh, when I met Joe Fernandez, we started talking about doing some kind of like a band with covers from 70s or 80s rock and start doing original music after that. So we got together and then he went to Guitar Center. We didn't have a bass player. He went to Guitar Center and he found, he found Dan playing bass. He invited him to the rehearsal and then at the end, Joe was too busy and then it was just me and Dan. And the other musicians were out of the band too. Oh. And then I started looking for other musicians, and that's how we formed the band. Okay. How yeah. how long did it take then to find uh to Everybody, find the other two? Yeah. Uh, a long time. Like Dan and I were in now for like two years, trying to find the right people because we tried different people and it didn't work until oh, we until we found Jacob. And by that time, I already had worked my solo music with Wes, in the drums. So Wes was recording my drums on my solo music, and then I got Wes together with Dan, and then I brought Jacob in. And then um, Wes had to go for other reasons, and then we found Jordan at Guitar Center, too. <laughs> so, Man. Yeah. And now it's all together. So uh, what was... Finally. How, was it a very natural like uh, experience collaborating with all of them and performing for the first time and writing music together for the first time, was it very natural or was it kind of no. kind of hard to adjust? It, it, it wasn't natural at all just because we're all so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was good chemistry. We all, we all clicked, but it wasn't natural to write with them or to create anything with them just because all of us, we like completely different stuff. So we kind of had to know each other better and try to figure out what each other like and how to uh, put in this little box that is going to be our songs, you know, our style. Yeah. So we just set like a box and then everything that we do, we have to make sure it's going to work with what the other is going to bring to the table too. Okay. So that took like a year, no, less than a year. We've been together for a year and a little bit more. So it took like seven months. Dang. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, uh, 2019 is when y'all started performing as Rocks Revolt and the Velvets, right? Uh, 2000, 2000. 18 October 
Okay, because I I remember I think the first time I heard that the name of the band was um, on a lineup. I think it was with Cobras. I can't remember, but I remember hearing and I thought that y'all were like because I was still new into the music scene. Yeah. I didn't know like anyone, so I was still learning about these venues and people and whatever. The and Love I, Your Rebellion show, right? I think so. That was I our think first show, yeah. Yeah, because I heard and I thought y'all were like a touring band because I heard Frankie posting about it and she's like so stoked to be performing with with you guys and blah 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 so i thought you guys were a touring band and, and then I, I kept hearing the name i kept hearing the name over and over and uh from different people that i knew would be like oh have you seen them perform have you seen them perform have you seen and like was it from the get-go was it a pretty like uh what's the word like did you feel welcome like that people understood yeah. your style right yeah. away like the first time actually i was lying we played at the talent show where uh we met frankie and yeah. then after that we got invited to the love your rebellion show and that was actually our first show because, you know, a talent show is not the same as playing like a real gig. Yeah. So, yeah, people was really nice to us. And I didn't I didn't know anyone. And I wanted to meet everybody, you know, because there's like cool faces. And I, I live in Naples and, you know, Naples is... Yeah. So I, I didn't see many musicians. I didn't see any interesting people over there. Mm -hmm. So I'm like at the first show and I don't know anyone. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to perform. I was nervous. And I just performed. And then I started meeting all these people and I seen all these bands and like wow there's a lot in here yeah and everybody's so different from the other one which is great mm -hmm. and i think aside from because like i said earlier like if, if you if the listener if you haven't seen them perform you'll you understand if you've seen them perform you understand what i'm talking about but like you guys have that energy that's like immediately appealing to people who are just like randoms in the bar like at rock to communities the other weekend random people just coming all the way up to the front because of this like stage presence that you have and the music that you, the energy that y'all's music have but aside from that, I think one of the most endearing qualities is the fact that you are like meeting people and after the set you are like giving people hugs and like, hey, thank you, thank you, and like talking to people and then you're watching and you're in the front row of the other people's bands. You're jamming to Cobras and you're like listening to everyone else and enjoying it just like the crowd is. And like the fact that like it's like humanizing almost. Like seeing you on stage as this big rock star persona, some people just kinda like take that to their head i guess and they just like walk off stage and like okay my set's done like get out of here you know what i mean but you stick around and you're with everyone the whole time and i think that that's another endearing quality that you guys have i i really enjoy music and like there's a lot to see around here and like you know that i i say thank you to people and all of that is because like any anytime we perform if we if we are performing to an audience that is not engaging with us if the audience don't put the 50% of the effort into it, our set is going to suck too, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm grateful that the people is there watching and enjoying it, enjoying us and, like, and just, like, singing or screaming or jumping with us. I mean, that's something to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate any, any, any time that people come in and it's like, hey, great show, or thank you for doing this, or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of work into, like, going on the stage and singing or playing an instrument and getting people to tell you, like, they like what you did i mean it's important so yeah i really really appreciate it's like a motivation for mm -hmm. us so and i imagine when you're on stage like that you you are feeding just like you're feeding the crowd they're feeding you back so is performing like uh i don't really know how like what the normal like recording setup is for bands and whatever but you're not performing to anyone whenever you're recording right yeah. so is it sometimes hard. harder to like draw it out that hard. energy because i imagine if there's like even if it's only a crowd of 10 people in front of you like at rackham's or something if all 10 of those people were like jumping up and down and like singing and stuff those 10 people are like doing what yeah. a, a crowd of 100 could never do even if it's 100 people just standing if there if it's you if 
feeds you mm-hmm. and then you still have this energy, it, it doesn't drain you, so it's good. When you're recording, it's hard. It's because you're there with, with them. You cannot even touch the microphone. And like you can barely move because everything is super sensitive. Oh, yeah. It, it, it will pick up everything that you do. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. And, um, but like after a while, you cannot get the tricks of it. Yeah. It's like for me, I turn, turn off the lights and I, I get in a cabin where nobody can see me. And I perform in there. But I just try not to touch anything. Or if the person knows me, they kind of set the mic in a way that is not going to pick anything up. Of what I'm doing when I move, you know. Okay. So you just have to get into the tricks. Like I, I drink a little bit of rum and try to not to think that I'm there by myself. I'm, I think that I'm in a show or something like that. But it's very weird. Man, I bet. So do you you much prefer performing then? Mm-hmm. As far as singing. Mm-hmm. I love the production of recording. Mm-hmm. But I hate to record my vocals. Like it's 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 weird. It's kind of, I don't know. It's a weird feeling. It, is it weird, like, listening to it back, too? Like, listening yeah, to your own I ha- singing? I hate to listen to my voice after I record it. I, I, wonder why we're, I wonder why humans are like that, you know I, what I mean? It's weird. You probably do, too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like you don't want to listen to yourself. It's kind of, I don't know, it's weird. Mm-hmm. And you, like, you just fix it on, like, with me editing, like, editing my voice for hours and hours, I notice every like that I say and every yeah. um and every, like, and I remember when I started doing YouTube videos, I was talking to someone about this the other day, but I was like, I would try to do vlogs when I lived in Pennsylvania and it's such a weird thing to like, I was in a car by myself just with my camera and I was like, okay, I have to like start this vlog and like film myself. It with the way I got over it because it's such a weird feeling for it to be like dead silent and then the yeah. only noise is me talking to no one. The way I did it was I pretended I was talking to Danny because he was like we're both skateboarders, so I would like do be doing a skateboarding vlog and I'd be telling him like I'm about to go skate here, we're gonna like go drive down here and blah 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 and like okay. that's kind of how I got over it. But it's still to the, like there's no getting over it. It's such a it's, weird feeling. It's weird. And then I'm gonna rip this apart whenever it comes out. Listen <laughs> to everything I say. Because it's not just that. I have, a, like, a thick accent, too. So I just, like, that's not correct. Why did I say this like that? Blah, 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 blah. And I keep doing that, you know. I think every human is like that. I yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Uh, at the party, the, the, the VIP party thing that you guys threw yeah. with Cobras, it was so funny to hear you on the mic, like, you said something. You, you were saying, yeah. giving, like, a message, and then you're like, I don't know who understood me, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just put it out there, you know. And sometimes I just make Dan talk. Mm-hmm. Because he's, he's, I mean, his main language is English, so he knows what I want to say. But sometimes I cannot put it out right. And he's just yeah. like, okay, he's gonna talk for me. That's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> you need to see them perform, dude. It, it's so awesome. Yeah, I want to. It sounds like. And like the, seeing each, like each of you, it was so weird. I, uh, there was one time we were gonna go see you at Nice Guys. Mm-hmm. This was like right after I like heard about you guys, and you guys were performing set at Nice Guys. And the same night was a hip hop show at Palace across the street. Okay. And we were, I was originally going to um, hang out at Nice Guys all night, but then we heard about the show at Palace as we were walking by, and we were like, oh, maybe we could catch this dude's set, and then like just cross the street, you know, like okay. see all the sets. And But I screwed it up, because I, I thought our, our friend Lutz was performing at a certain time Lutz at Palace. He's great. I love Lutz. He's so cool. and he's, he's the best. Yeah, and we'd never seen him perform, so I was like, we love hip-hop, we love Lutz, here he is. Yeah. like, And like all of our friends from the podcast were there, so we were hanging out, and I was planning on... I was like texting someone who wasn't nice guys, like making sure like the sets I get over there in time. And then it ended up when I text them, they're like, they just got done now. Now such and such is going on. And I was like, shit. And I I like, I like texted December and I was like, dang it. Like I miss him. And then she's like, it's not like rocks is going anywhere. You'll see him eventually. And I don't remember when was the first time that I saw you, but, um, 
No, it was a time. Do you have a stand-up performance that y'all have done? One that stands out to you is like, that was such an awesome... Last uh, one was really good. Yeah, Rock Even the Community. Even I was sick, I, it was really, really, really good. I, I felt really good after jumping on stage. And I love that one. Which one I love a lot? Um, the Halloween one. Uh, How? Oh my gosh. Those that were great, great photos too. Those were amazing photos. That was a really, really good show. Also because like when you have a costume on, you feel way more invincible. Yeah. And with your makeup too. Yeah, like I didn't I, even know it was you when yeah, I first saw you. I was I like, looked, who is that crazy jester lady? I looked crazy. <laughs> and I don't know. It just, it was, it was actually better. Yeah. You're, you're like, you have a cover in your face now and then it makes you like an incognito person, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, Man, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Rock the Communities was last weekend in Cape Coral. And they do one, they do two a month, one in St. Pete, which is this weekend. And then they do one in Cape Coral, like the, the other Saturday of the month or whatever. And uh, usually, in, it's funny because like, I've been to every one of them in St. Pete. And this was the first one they did in Cape. And the ones at St. Pete, they do it kind of like a hipstery bar sort of venue. Mm-hmm. And it's not a huge turnout usually. It's usually like like a little handful of like people just walking around downtown St. Pete. But uh the, the team of people that put that together were so blown away with the turnout at the Cape Coral one. And we knew because, like, it was Rackham's. We know, like, we have more access to performers here. Yeah. So December was able to book people like you and people like Valiant and, like, people who everyone around this area already know and love. So it drew out such a bigger crowd. And it was, like, people were yeah. blown away. Valiant ended the day or ended the night. And they performed. It was past 2 a.m. when they were performing. Yeah. And there was still a crowd of, like, at least 10 people. And they were all, like, jumping and dancing and this. And yeah. I was like, yo, it's over. It's, like later than 2 a.m. right now and these people are still like getting into the and it was just such like a cool environment yeah people people were like very into it Mm -hmm. so that's really cool all right uh before we go any further i'm going to take a quick break and we'll run an ad by you and then we'll be back for the second half so enjoy the ads all right we're back welcome back to the city of palms podcast um is that camera going yeah we're all good we're set um so to get it started i wanted to ask like how songwriting goes for, like your band like if you did that or if like or if like you guys do it collectively as a team like do you sit down and like write or, or how does like I don't know I'm just curious to that and like beats uh, the, too the process mm-hmm. it's it's different for each song it actually like that was part of getting like all together and find who each other were because at the beginning when, when the band started I was used to be like more of a solo artist because I was here by myself, and like um, I would bring the songs to the rehearsal, and then um, the guys would play to the chords that I brought, and then they would add solos and stuff like that. And um, we've been trying to trying to evolve into make everything together. So the latest work we have is most mostly everything is being done at the studio. Like we sit down with ideas we have and put it all together, and everybody collaborates to what we're doing because we know mm-hmm. each other better. But individually, the songwriting for me, I just get the idea on the head with everything ready. Lyrics, music, in my head. And then I just have to put it together through voice notes, send it to the guys, and then they just play the chords, and then we work through that. Wow. Yeah. So but at the we're sa- trying to make it all together now. Yeah. So at the same time, you're writing lyrics, you're writing like a melody that's going to go with it as well, chords and everything? Yeah, uh, usually it comes all together. Like I'm, I'm driving and I get the chord and the chords and I get the, the melody of the vocals and I get like 
like key words or phrases in the song mm-hmm. and then everything is like blanks but they have like a cadence so i just start putting all the lyrics together after i have the whole structure of the song wow yeah that takes talent man so whenever you are coming together like I, I don't have any like skill in any instrument so i don't really know how it all works mm-hmm. but i i figure most of like all of you have knowledge of like every of each other's stuff right so like yeah. if if like you are coming together because you had this idea and you have this sort of like structure laid out and then dan can come in with like bass type stuff and then like everyone comes in with like their own part of it and then do you each critique each other's like you probably have knowledge of their stuff enough to where you can say yeah but and like critique what they're doing yeah that's kind of how it goes yeah yeah we we criticize a lot of what we do so let's say if we get together and we're playing a song and the drums are like in my head they're not sounding right i'd be like why don't you try something different and i will sit down on the drums and play it and sometimes, sometimes uh, Dan is playing bass, and then Jacob is like, "Let's switch it up a little bit and let's do this." And then he grabbed the bass and do something. Oh, really? And vice versa, Dan with Jacob and Jonah is actually the only one that just plays drums. We all play like different instruments, and uh, Jordan just stays focused on his drums. By now, I think he's gonna learn more instruments, mm-hmm. but uh, he's usually the quiet one. He doesn't criticize as much what we do yeah do you think i don't know how it typically goes but do you think that is more beneficial than if you have a band structure where it's like that's the bassist he knows everything bass that's the guitarist he knows everything guitar here's the singer she he or she knows everything singing or do you because i noticed the other other bands that we've talked to they do the same sort of thing where each of them are uh knowledgeable about each other's work to where Mm -hmm. it is a big collaboration do you think that's more beneficial i think um for us it is but everybody has a different process. Yeah. So there's bands that the the musicians they write all the all the the music and then the singer comes in and put the lyrics and put it on top of the songs. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own process. So I think there's not like a right way of doing it. Yeah. So everything Just works as long yeah. as it works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did the music video shoot go? You guys were working on that last yeah, month. Yeah, it was great. It was insane. I don't know if you saw the videos of behind the scenes and stuff. I was, yeah, I was watching some of them. So yeah, uh, the teaser is in YouTube, so you can see a little bit of the video, but just mm-hmm. a tiny bit of what actually is gonna be. Uh, we have so many people showing up, like at, at the place that we that we asked, and we were not expecting that many people. I thought like you know people said yeah I'm going blah blah blah, and usually they don't go. So mm-hmm. I was expecting like twelve people to show up, and like it was like 20, 25 people there. Dang. And so the scenes came out like very energetic. Like we mm-hmm. have a scene that I'm singing and the guys are playing and they're around us and they are like doing like a little riot and stuff. And there was so many people in there and the, the lights and everything and Carlos, you know Carlos, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what he did with the camera was amazing. And there's an orgy scene too in the video. So it's going to be great. Man. I really, a lot of work, but it's going to come out really good. Man, I can't wait. So, you got any more basic questions before we move on? It's calling you basic. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you can, you can know the basic stuff. No, okay. So, one thing that we ask all the guests before the episode is mm-hmm. about, like, ghost story type stuff or, like, paranormal, like, alien, whatever, like, whatever crazy stuff. And you said that from Venezuela you have a lot of crazy things that you've experienced anything that you are comfortable sharing because I know sometimes sometimes like you don't want to share stuff anything you want to share you can what is the craziest thing that has happened to you okay it's a long story I'll make it short no let's Um, go when I was uh, I was 15 or 16 I think 16 um, I started having 
problems. Like when I was going to sleep, I started hearing stuff in my room and I started seeing uh, shadows everywhere. And I started hearing like doors, slamming doors and stuff like that at night. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I just let it, let it go, let it pass. And it, that kind of actually got worse with the time. So three months later, uh, after that, I started to feel like I was sleeping and I would wake up and my, my pillow was going like up and down, up and down. And then I would completely be awake and my, my head would be like this. And I would turn off the lights, nothing, there was nothing there. So I started to call my mom to sleep because I was so afraid. And then she wouldn't believe me. And then she went to the room, started sleeping with me for like two days. Third, the third day we were sleeping and I had a snare on my room and the snare was in the wall it wasn't on the floor and it was on the wall on the floor but it wasn't in a way that it could make any sound any yeah, possible yeah. sound unless you hit it like with something so we were sleeping and then in the middle of the night the snare got slammed like like if it, like if a drummer played the snare like bam and then my mom was like do you hear that and I was like yes do you hear that we turn up the lights it was nothing there nothing and then we'll be in the living room and in my room you can hear my hear my piano playing and there, there there's no one in the room i swear to god Jeez. and still there's people in my house in venezuela and they don't like to sleep in my room it just gets weird and in in the bathroom it's just like my whole room is 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 a mess <laughs> in the bathroom you can feel like people is watching you and stuff and sometimes you'll be in the living room and you will hear like somebody is like whistling in the window. <laughs> oh yeah, boy. it's it's terrible. And the, all the lights are always like going off. Like you buy a new light, three months later is off. Two months later is off, or it's flick flickering all the time. What? So my room is totally like terrible. Like when I was, uh, this time I was sixteen too. That that lasted for like three years or something like that. And then it stopped, and then it will come back for months, and it will come and go. But I got like used to it, I think. So, uh, but this time I was 16, I think. I will like wake up and get ready for going to school because I heard my mom like calling me to my, like in my ears, like, hey, wake up, you gotta go to school. And I get ready. And then when I go out and like, hey, I'm ready, everything is off. And then I will look at my, my clock and it will be like three in the morning. What? And then I started doing some investigations about it and that's like supposed to be the devil's. Yeah, hour. yeah, 3 a.m., yeah, yeah I've heard it's that. Like, it's like totally, totally bad in my room. It's just my room. My house is fine in my room. So did you ever, was it always like a feeling and like a, an auditory thing, or did you ever see anything crazy going uh, on? Uh, shadows, and my mom, when she was sleeping there, she woke up and she said she saw uh, like an old lady standing next to the bed. I swear I'm not, I'm not kidding. This really happened. It's my mom. She wouldn't lie to me like that. Yeah. But yeah, I saw shadows and I, I, the pillow moving and I will feel people like, like laying on the bed next to me and stuff like that. Weird stuff. Dang. So yeah. do you, do you, the like, do you have an explanation in your mind for it or is it just totally unexplained? Like, no, do you think it's a, more of a ghost type thing? Yeah. Or? I don't have an explanation for it. I mean, How? Yeah. yeah, and it's crazy how similar. I believe similar. in that now. I, mean, I didn't believe in that before. Mm -hmm. After that, I was just like, yeah, things exist. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy how similar that story is to other stories that we've heard. Like the whole like feeling like someone's sitting on your bed and like 3 a.m. Like things happening at 3 a.m. And, and uh, seeing the shadow people and stuff like that, like from sleep paralysis or whatever. 
It's crazy. One more thing I wanted to ask you, because I always say, like, uh, to him before you got here, I even said, like, uh, you're usually, like, the best dressed one in the room. And where where do you go? Like, where do you make a lot of your clothes? Or do you, like, thrift? Or I do thrift. I If I see something online that I like, if I have the money, I buy it. Um, I don't I don't really go anywhere specifically. It's just like I see something that might work. Sometimes it's ugly clothing. And mm-hmm. then you see it and it's like, it, it's going to look good with this and that that I have in my house. I buy it. Yeah, and so, I get that vibe. I, it doesn't seem like you're, like, because with a lot of, like, other well-dressed people, it's more like, oh, they went out to, like, Gucci and, like, bought a whole bunch of I hate dope Gu- stuff. I hate shopping. Yeah, and, like, it doesn't see you don't have that, like, designer fashion type look. You have more of that just, like, dope rock star, like. Yeah, if I like something, I buy it. People ask me, like, where I buy my clothing, and you're like, I, that, this cost me, like, three bucks, and like, four. <laughs> and then I have something, like, a pair of shoes that will cost me $500, but I like shoes. A mm-hmm. lot. and I can have another one that cost me three dollars on a trip shell. You know, it's just like if I see something that I like, I get it. Doesn't matter what yeah. how it is. Man, I want to care about my outfits a little bit more. Like I watched uh, Queer Eye. You know that show? Yeah, I watched that show. The new one or the old one? Uh, the new one. The old one is better. Is it? I yeah, th- I think I have seen parts of the old one, but I haven't watched it. Is it's it funny? Is it on Netflix? I don't know. Cause I watch the new the one they have on Netflix, and like. Like, hearing what they, sorts of things that they say about fashion and stuff, it's, like, it really doesn't take a whole lot to, like, care about the way you look and, like, to put together an outfit. It's not, like, some people think that you got to buy all this yeah. clothes and spend all this money. And it's, like, if you just, like, kind of piece things together in your own way, then it can be, like, you know, you it's pick your, out a whole your outfit. personality. You have mm-hmm. to put your personality out there, so. For sure. Okay, um, you have anything else you want to touch on? No, not really. Do you still do, um, independent music? Um, I have a lot of solo music. I have some songs that are unreleased. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about doing it. But I think I'm going to do it under a different name because now it rocks revolve and the Velvets. I cannot do it rocks revolve by myself. It's, it's going to be confusing. Yeah. But um, I'm thinking about it. I don't know yet. I have to talk to the guys. The guys are like, eh, they, they, don't, they don't want me to do my solo music right now. Mm-hmm. So I have to decide. But I have so many songs that are not going to be used in the band. And I don't want to like throw them away yeah yeah mm-hmm. my style is a little more um i have like a very pop approach to rock so i really like like bands like the kings and i really like the mellow songs of the beatles and uh, i like to write music that could be too mellow for rock people in the velvet so mm-hmm. those are there and i just i feel like i need to release those yeah definitely but i don't know when man do you have uh, in this area from your experience here do, what are like your three favorite venues of places that you perform at or, or just go out go out to not even necessarily performing um i really like rackham's i like uh, this area I like for myers and k coral because naples i like south street a lot too yeah south street's dope yeah and i really like house mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's not leaving out other venues they're all dope no they're <laughs> yeah. great they're great but i get the feeling that you know the venues kind of your personality will prefer some things and others. And mm-hmm. those three venues, like anytime I'm at Rockham's, I, I really vibe with the place. It's like very raw. Yeah, yeah. And the people's in there just to have fun and then you, you feel that vibe. When you go to Howl, it's the same thing. Like mm-hmm. it's very raw, but in, in a little more elaborated way, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I just like the whole place in general. And mm-hmm. I like the people in there and I know everybody in there. So I just feel like more welcoming. Mm-hmm. And then you have South Street in Naples and they do like, 
everything they can to to put like the best lights and the best sound and have a like sound guy that is great too and they take really good care of the bands and then you feel like this is a real show you know what i mean it mm-hmm. helps out a lot in in whatever you're performing I've heard the same with Rackham. People say that about that. It feels like you're the star of a show because of mm-hmm. the way they have the lights. And, yeah. And Howl, too. Howl has a lot of cool stuff that they do with their yeah. stage and setup and whatnot. But, um, and I noticed that, too, with me. Like, this isn't to bash Kava culture, but I, when I started, like, putting my art out there and, like, uh, vending art and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I would set up at Kava culture uh, in Benita, which mm-hmm. is, like, a... That's when I started doing my open microphones. You they did were, it. They were doing open microphones as well. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Man, but and like I love that place. I love the people. I have a lot of friends that like are regulars there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's like there's a certain vibe that places like Howl or Rackham's or like these places. It's more like my vibe, especially with my art style and like yeah. punk rock and like skateboarding and yes. stuff like that. There's like people who appreciate that around Kava culture, but it's like it's like not really my vibe. Like you were saying with the music, it's a little chill. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it has to do a lot with what you like and what you want to do and what, what you want to portray as an artist, you know? Yeah, and I have lots of, like, black and white and, like, kind of, like, satanic imagery and, yeah. like, not to say I'm catering to that type of people, but somewhere like Howl is definitely more yeah, suitable for that it's art. Easier, yeah, 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 for that art style. So this year, do you have anything you want to kind of, like, plug or, like, announce the things that you're working on this year? Maybe not even official titles or anything like that just ideas things 2020 is bringing for rock and roll yeah we're gonna do a lot this year like we actually right now are recording an album a complete thing mm-hmm. and uh, we we're gonna release like around 10 or 11 more songs that we're already like working on and we already recorded one and we're jumping to record the to record the rest of them probably in, in a month wow so we're already working on that we're mixing the song so we did one first just to figure out how we were going to work in the studio and how the new sound is going to come out. It's a little more evolved because, as I say, like these three songs that we did at the beginning, we, were, we, we, we recorded this in March, and we started playing in October. So we, we didn't have that much time together. Mm-hmm. And um, going to the studio like that is different than going when you have like already 30, 35 shows that you play with this, this band, you know, these people. So yeah. it's a different chemistry. And everybody's style is a little more out there. So it, it, I think it matches us better than when we already released. It's going to be the same style, but just a little more out there, more expressive. Awesome. And yeah. do you have plans of making videos for any of those songs? Yes. Uh, by this year, like we should have three or two videos out. Besides King Revolt that's going to come out like in no time. Sweet, I lo- I love the EP that y'all just dropped too. They, like I've been I, listening to King Revolt for like since it yeah. dropped, but the, all three of Thank those you. songs I've I've heard them live so many times that like I've I've already listened to it, but hearing it like on my Spotify it's, is it's so different. Dope. Yeah, like when you go to the studio, you have all these tools that you can use. Like uh, King Revolt have some violins on it. I, most of the people don't notice, but they're way back there, and you cannot do that live unless you have like a huge band. You know? Yeah, yeah. So put in the production. That's Actually, what I love the most about making music is the production. Mm-hmm. Uh, the production of the song makes a whole difference. When you play it live, you have the energy that, that you don't have in the studio. So it kind of gives it a twist. Mm-hmm. But when people listen to the song that is produced and stuff, it's just, it's, to me, it's a different thing. You hear more flavors and more colors and everything. It just makes more sense. But when you go and see it live, it's a different twist to it. You have the energy of it. And when these two things like, like, you know, click together... That's how a good song is is made. Yeah. 
Yeah. So if you could describe the Southwest Florida music and art scene around here in one word from your experience so far, what would that word be? Eclectic. Yeah? Yeah. That's a good Very. that's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> Dope. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else you want to get into, Danny, we could wrap it up. We could have her plug whatever she wants to plug. Yeah. All right. You can look at this camera and any like social media you want the people to look out for or or websites or anything like that. Okay. Everything on the Rocks Revolt and the Velvets. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Rocks Revolt and the Velvets. Video will be out soon and we're going to be making more music and releasing more videos and posting funny bloopers and stuff like that. So check it out. And then make sure to see them live because yeah. everyone talks about I'm better what a... live than a, I'm not interviews. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got dope merch. I've got an example of their shirt right here, but you always set up merch at the shows and all yeah. that. We're like actually making more and more merch, different things, you know? Man, I can't wait. It's going to be such a good 2020 is going to be such a good year for everybody. And where can they find us at, Danny? All right, we, you can find us at City of Palms Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We got new podcast episodes coming up every Monday um, on YouTube as well. If you want to watch it, subscribe, check us out. Are you getting a video up there anytime soon? Yes, I'm getting videos out sometimes. We're trying to do more content, like video content, aside from the podcast on our channel. And Danny's trying to do more vlog style stuff. We're trying to do the freestyle videos with the hip hop guys. And yeah, I gotta all of get that. out there. I gotta get out in the streets and record. Man, I wish, I don't think this episode, if this episode is gonna go up after it's already passed, but last weekend was raising the bar at Howl with all the hip-hop guys and lyrical dudes, so. Who hope, was performing? It's, um, Ronan. I love Ronan. Ideal Minded, Lutz. Ronan and Lutz are, are, like, my favorite. And then I saw this guy. Is this guy from here? The one that you posted the video? Um, with with on the city of Ponds. You posted the video on your Facebook. The guy. Was oh, like, Jay Saint. Yes, he is that from around guy here. Is great. Yeah, mm -hmm. I want to check him out. Yeah, he's so underrated. He's gonna be on the lineup too. So the lineup is gonna be Ronan and then Jay Saint and then Ideal Minded and then Lutz and then Casey Parks and then Sling and then X and VIX. When? Uh, it's gonna be the seventeenth of January. Friday. Yeah. It's gonna be dope. It's gonna be yeah. so much fun. I, I, I before you got here, I was just working on like some little flyers for it, so I'll be posting that up. But if you're watching this on YouTube or whatever, it already happened. So look forward to the next hip hop show at Howl. <laughs> All right, I think uh, we pretty much said everything we gotta say. Thank you so much for coming. This was so much fun. Here's to a great year. 2020 is gonna be dope. We keep saying that, but it's the truth. So hit him with that outro, Sorn.